Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Ralph Enough. I'm Jeremy Duvall. And, uh... Hey, how's it going? Peter Jesus himself, the big Jesse. We're super excited to finally catch up with the man, the myth, the legend, Jesse Cornwell from West Virginia. Uh, the finest West Virginia King of War player. Well, maybe not. Is, finest? I don't know. Is that debatable? We got we got Chris Fisher too, right? Prettiest, but yeah, I don't know. Rankings, yeah, Fisher's got me on that one. Matt, okay, that's just because he, you know, he can just make his own tournament. The, the like, most oh. colorful, Rob. Oh, there you go. Most colorful. We figured we'd get Jesse on to uh, give a hot take on some of our topics. Uh, before we get there, let's chat a little bit about what have you been doing in isolation. Oh, it's just podcast eighteen plus. No, um, <laughs> uh. Mainly, I've just been chilling. Honestly, I've been constructing a lot. Uh, I've gotten my brother into the hobby. He really, he really, he's really liking elves, um, but he doesn't want to use elf models. He so we bought some more before uh, the world shut down. We bought some uh, samurai models from Warlord. Very good. <clears throat> he likes he likes the Sylvan can. He likes he likes elves. He likes Twilight can. So we'll be able to bounce around whatever army he wants because he wants to paint him traditional samurai style and. Uh, yeah, so I've been kind of just gluing all the things. Are you working on a specific army? I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of in a hobby funk. Like, tournaments are what drive me. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this tournament. Or, you know, or even I'm going to go try this at the shop. Or without having that, I'm just kind of like, meh. I've just been kind of, I turn on, uh, I took some of your advice. I've been watching the boys. Oh, man, that's great. What, what, which is your favorite character? I don't, man, I don't know. Like, I love Butcher. He's amazing. But like Homelander is, is like, man, like for once there's like this Superman character, like he's at, like if I had powers, that'd be me. I'd be like, I mean, maybe not quite that crazy, but still just the whole, like all of you are peasants and I hate you. Yeah, I get it. Like it's realistic. And I like that. You know, that show's just like a really smart show. You know, you hear that. It's just like, it's, it's funny, but it's like clever and just like really well done. What it makes me think it's like, wow this is you know we we would love for the world to be like comic books or a marvel cinematic universe where we're like oh the superheroes are here to save us but nah and the boys like they're humans with powers i mean yeah they're superheroes but it's like they're still humans they're just like yeah you know i it's it's kind of sad but i feel like that's how superheroes would actually be uh if, you know in reality it's definitely a different take on the traditional fantasy you know uh superhero trope have you watched The Watchmen? That's another one that's got a little bit of a different take. Yeah, I watched watched the, uh, the movies, what got me into the comic book. And then I got into the comic book, and I'm like, whoa, bro, this is dark. Did you watch the new TV show on HBO? I have not yet. It's on my list, because, I mean, what else do I have to do with my time? Because I'm not I understand. Have you guys, either of you watched the Jack Ryan uh, Amazon Prime show? It's pretty good. Uh, I've seen it. Like, I saw, I guess, you know, their advertisers for it. I haven't watched it. I I'm new to Amazon Prime. If you I, like I, a, go ahead, my bad. No, I was just gonna say if you if you like like a the 24 sort of spy thriller, oh, it's it's very good. All right, Homeland, yeah. you know that that sort of thing. Yeah, I haven't. 
I'm new to Amazon Prime. Apparently, we've had a subscription for like two years. Apparently, a girlfriend loves it. I didn't know anything about it. Maybe I should pay more attention to my bank account, but whatever. Um, movies are like right up my alley. It's just like two hours done. And if it's like a movie about a book, I'll watch it because I'm curious. But TV shows, I usually get one or two episodes in, and then I just wiki it and read it because I can read it faster and I can watch it. Um, the Boys is one of those shows I really like, so I haven't wikied it. I've actually, I'm like on episode six. Yeah, it's got to be a real good show for me to just not just be like, well, okay, this is interesting enough for me to wiki it. Yeah. Enough talk about hobby. We we got you on because you know you're such a controversial person in the uh, the community. You've got great opinions, and we figured what better person to kind of uh, balance us out or counteract some of our stupidity than to get some hot takes from Jesse on some of the the more recent topics that we've had on the show. I don't know about balancing. See, that's that's the difference. I just I'm confident in my stupidity, so I just you know some people are like, oh man, I have this idea. You know what? You're right. No, I just. I just blurted out. The worst they'll do is offend someone. What's the worst they're going to do? Kick, beat me up? Well, you know, we just covered in uh, one of our sort of recent shows where we had pretty much everyone from the main line of Countercharge hosts from around the world sort of talking about this idea of toys, you know, as in Kings of War. And, you know, I call this like the age old chestnut, right? We always, this is sort of a debate that we always circle around to. And Jesse, sort of our thoughts were. You know, it is a debatable topic, but we kind of circled around the idea of toys are a great way to, like, get someone into the game and that maybe it's a good idea if you're trying to build up an army or just to try to get your your brother, your sister, your kid into the hobby. But our feeling was for the longevity and health of the game and health of the hobby, we should be encouraging those people who enter into the game with toys to actually be learning the hobby side of the game and getting models and kind of moving that way. Um, what, what are your sort of thoughts because i know you run tournaments as well as playing them what what how do you kind of view the whole toy thing well let, let me ask you let me ask both you gentlemen are tournament goers how do you feel about playing against unpainted miniatures i'm not a fan right i i i have been to tournaments where i've had to do that and and i get the persp- I, I get the opinion that hey if you allow unpainted miniatures at a tournament you might be a little bit more new player friendly but the flip side of that argument is, you know, a lot of these people pay a lot of money to go to the event. They have a lot tied into it from a preparation standpoint. Out of a respect for your opponents kind of thing, I think it's it's the courteous thing to do is to play with painted miniatures. And for me, it's like if you're brand new or you're working on it, like some of the armies painted and some isn't, or I see that you care and that there's effort and you're working, I don't mind. But if it's like someone that I've seen a bunch of times and I'm always playing against the same unpainted army, I don't personally care for that. So would it be safe to say for both of you, it's about the effort made, right? Yes. Yes. Well, that's how I feel about toys. I, I don't really care what they bring to the table. If there's effort made to make in an army, awesome. I mean, I've seen I've seen armies that are are made out of Happy Meal toys, but the guy's converted, he's painted He's put green stuff on, you know, he's pretty much went to the nines with it and you couldn't tell, you know, he he has a vision and, you know, I mean, if we're really going to get down to brass tacks, either way, it's plastic, it's plastic models on a base, you know, some of them have movable joints and some don't, but it's still plastic, you know, as long as there's effort made. Yeah. If somebody just starts gluing down, you know, Thomas the tank engine and be like, this is my dragon. No, buddy, piss off. But if somehow he converts that Thomas the tank engine and he's put plastic card on it and wings and it's a really super cool mechanical now looking dragon. Hey, rock on, bud. For me, it's all about the effort made. You know, I, I don't care what the base model is. And like you said, even if it's somebody I see somebody work, you know, they're like, oh, man, I couldn't get these done. But, dude, I see I see the vision. I see where you're going with it. Awesome. I mean, that's 
that's me. I'm, I'm not going to begrudge anybody. I mean, we're we're in the age now where people can literally print their models. You know what? I'm, <laughs> that's not official mirror. That's not a mirror miniature. Get out of here, peasant. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm I'm all for it, man. You made an effort. Cool. And then again, you don't have to be golden demon painted. You made an effort. You got color on there. You know, you did some conversions. That's I see. I see what you're shooting for. Awesome, dude. Cool on you. One of the things we we wondered is how do you encourage someone to take that next step? So to your point, Jesse, this person built a Lego army or built a basically MDF bases with toys glued onto it. Great, you're in the game. You're playing. How what's what's that next step look like, and how do we get them to to be on that road to as you say effort? And then that that's a more prickly situation. Because sometimes it might be somebody who's really in the hobby. Maybe they just ain't got the cash, you know. And I know some people are like, well, if you don't have the money, then why do you play? Well, people don't have money and they buy cigarettes. But, you know, who are you to judge? Sometimes it just takes somebody to see the right arm. Like, oh, man, it's a really cool goblin army. Now I'm going to buy goblins. Or I'm not going to lie. I've started I've started armies from prize support, you know, where people, you know, I've, I've won this at a tournament. And I'm like, okay, cool. I've got to start. And, it, you know, it's got me hooked. I, I wish I had the answer. How do you nudge them? I mean, sometimes just this sounds terrible, but it is what it is. It's almost peer pressure. When you roll up in a tournament and you've got your, you know, Thomas the Tank Engine Army, and you know you're looking around, you're like, oh damn, man, my my stuff looks kind of like garbage. Nobody really needs to say anything to you. Um, I gotta admit, uh, I've you know people up in their game, Jake uh, Chica Pika, Chair Pika, whatever. Um, he he is the master of the compliment sandwich. I, <laughs> He is, because he's like, man, I really like this, but this needs work. And you walk away, and you're like, okay, man, this is awesome. I'm, I myself, am terrible. I'm just like, wow, this is garbage, and I hate it. But at the same time, I'm, you know, when somebody does good, I'm like, dude, that is amazing, and it should be in the Louvre. You know, I, I I'm, you know, I'm a hundred percent. Well, you know, both either way, I, full tilt. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess for a lot of it, I know, I'm no master painter. I'm. I make no effort to be. I put color on the models. It looks good. I'm happy. But even I, like when I go to tournaments, I'm like, man, I need to kind of up my game a little bit because I don't, you know, I don't want to pull Eric Trowbridge to get 61st in paint, you know? I don't know how to follow that up. <laughs> the reality is in that scenario, you were being ranked one to 61st. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're going to, you know, it's a different, it's a different thing than when you have like a, a rubric where everybody can be tied for eighth. You know, that was a unique style of how they did paint there. But I really like the way you, at the Nashville Masters, I like the way you guys did paint. You had your you had your little rubric and it was like, OK, if you meet this, you get this many points. And then it was like what I always call the Billy Capgun level. It's like, OK, you've met the three color. You've got a base. You've got a board. Cool. Now you're judged on the Billy Capgun level. Like, did you do all this extra? You didn't feel bad if you didn't do the extra. As long as you did the stuff that was on the checklist, you were fine. I think the one thing that he brought up that was pretty interesting about Rob that I don't know if we really touched on was the sort of the idea of of trying to balance that concept of it is an expensive hobby. And that's true, right? It It is expensive if you want to make it expensive. But there's also ways to make it cheap, too. So I think in general it is expensive. And I know for like Rob and I or people who have disposable income or the means to, to like buy the resin bases or cyborg bits or whatever, it is a pricey hobby. Hobby, but maybe there's you know there is a lot of how to hobby on the on the on the cheap or how to hobby on the budget, and maybe trying to make those type of resources available to those people who are like you know well I just don't have a lot of money, you know maybe in trying to kind of help educate those people on what you can do 
in the hobby without a lot of money could be a way to help encourage them. Yeah, I, I think, though, it's important to look at it from a total cost perspective. There are situations where certainly you can get a model from a goodwill store or secondhand inexpensively, but you still got to put time into it, right? And I think a lot of people discount the fact that Joe McLaren, we've had, I've mentioned it a couple times, he's been on the show. I, I would say he doesn't have a cheap army. He didn't spend a lot of money on the, what he's using as the base, but he's put a heck of a lot of time and effort into it. So, like, at the end of the day, it's not a cheap army because he had to put a lot of elbow grease to make him look to, to make him look that great. And for me, that's really what, what makes me feel comfortable spending the money I do in that I know that, let's say, this army costs X amount of money. Well, how many hours am I going to spend painting it and how many hours am I going to spend playing it? You can't get cheaper entertainment. When you're thinking in the long term, it probably ends up being to well, if you're looking at cost per entertainment hour, there isn't a, a better deal than miniature gaming. And I think for a lot of people, when they hear toys and in war games, they're thinking about people just who I'm going to run these minions as an army with no effort made, like essentially just trolling. We've got a guy, Joe Cottrell, you've met him. Whale Hunter. Yeah, Whale Hunter. I mean, he he takes hero clicks and builds armies out of them. He'll what he'll do is he'll take caulk and like put on he'll build armor out of caulk and green stuff when he's hero clicks and buddy you couldn't tell unless you you knew what knew what you were looking for that they were hero clicks i mean he's got two or three armies like that and that and he enjoys doing that he enjoys finding toys low cost stuff to build armies out of that i mean that that makes that's that's his hobby that's what he enjoys yeah and to the point that i was just making that he's put a lot of effort into it right he's put a lot of time so you could say from a from an upfront cost, he may not be spending a lot, but he's putting in some elbow grease to make to turn those out. Yeah, I mean, he takes pride in not spending a lot of money on armies, but having good looking armies. I mean, he wins paint awards. He wins, you know, so it's not like he's just showing up. I mean, he's he's walked away with awards. Are we talking West Virginia though? We hey, we know color around here. We know how to do painting and stuff. You are you are an educator. You are very distinguished. I know. I just I do well. I mean, lowest common denominator. Saying you're educated in West Virginia, saying like. You can beat me in a race. It's nothing to brag about. <laughs> Jeremy, you got anything else you want to touch on while we, before we close out toys and gaming? Yeah, I mean, I just think that our kind of final thought when we were wrapped up our show, Jesse, was like, uh, again, you just, you just want to be surrounded by like-minded people. And I know for me, I put a lot of effort into the hobby, and that's just what I want to see. I just want to play with people who care about it in the same way that i do and that doesn't mean that like uh i'm never i'm not going to play with someone ever who has that but in general i tend to to gravitate and people in my gaming group tend to be the the type the mindset person who puts energy and effort into it and then and then when you're in a group like that that energy and effort kind of you can kind of feed off each other right i mean do you find that jesse too when like your buddies or whatever have a cool project or do something cool that will inspire you to want to kind of do like like you mentioned up your game oh yeah man i've it, you know, it's it's one thing you go to a tournament and you see guys like Mike Adkins and Austin Kerrigan and, and, and Billy, and you're like, damn, I can't paint like that. But at the same time, you're like, man, I could try, though. Like, you see these awesome armies, you see these awesome themes, you get these awesome ideas, and yeah, man, you just want to up your game. Like, you want, to leave, you want people – I may never win a paint award, but I've had people walk by my armies and go, man, that looks cool, man, or man, that look. and to me, that that's awesome. That's all I'm shooting for. I want somebody to stop by, look at it, and go, hey, man, that looks pretty cool. So one thing that Mark mentioned that I want to – it was very controversial that I want to get your take on is he didn't think historical armies belonged in a fantasy tournament. Your rebuttal? <laughs> well, I, 
Okay. <laughs> Why? I mean, I'd hate to be. I think it was it. It killed his immersion. If you were fighting his like skeletons with your Roman soldiers. So you're responsible for killing uh, Mark Zelensky's immersion, just FYI. So, well, I've done very well with my Romans, and they wait they wait for their update. But um, so you're telling me dudes on horseback wearing armor or guys with swords and shield don't belong in fantasy wargaming. That makes sense. I mean, Harry Turtledove literally has an entire novel about a Roman legion, a series of novels about a Roman legion being transported to an unnamed fantasy world where they 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 had to take what they knew as essentially Roman legionnaires and apply it to now the rules of this fantasy world. I mean, it, it's there. You know, we have kingdoms of men for a reason. But but somehow that breaks immersion, but not giant lizards with flaming swords fighting against mermaids. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, Mark. You heard it here. <laughs> I mean, ah, yeah, sure. And you know, another thing that's interesting, Rob, is we're seeing a lot of like a uh, hobby during the um, sort of lockdown. But also, I'm curious as to see how uh, if during this lockdown we're, we're going to see maybe more people like friends. Or partners sort of get interested. Like I know I've I've talked about it on the show before that like Hillary has started painting painting models, and like last night she said something, and I thought like my heart would explode with joy. She started like eyeing my shelf and looking at the Kings of War rule book, and was like, "Well, maybe I kind of maybe want to make a little army of dudes." And I was just like, "Hallelujah!" And I was like, "Well, you know, only if you want to, honey. I don't want to force you to do anything that you don't want to do." But now it's like I might actually get her to like make a little army and then we can play are you gonna start putting like little models under her pillow yeah i'm gonna give her like i'm gonna just keep buying her stuff as like presents i just bought you this new army it's just for you and the great part is if she doesn't want it you can use it uh-huh but it's interesting on how uh that's to me again why i think the hobby is so important is that it really can be like the gateway into the game and that she sort of just started looking at the models but but she we play board games all the time so she loves games but now sort of she's saying oh well these models are cool maybe i'll sort of start working on you know playing the game but i know jesse you've been talking you've been getting some kind of family members into uh into the hobby maybe yeah i guess it's twofold um first if you're getting kids in the hobby you gotta remember it for for a lot of us we've been collecting for years so for me i mean switch if somebody said you need to make a brand new army and it's not allowed you can't use goblins romans or ogres i'm like i I can do that i can do that like four five different times whole armies but i'm also 37 years old um i i'm a teacher as most know um i run a we call it we stole the name you know because they don't have copyright on it i call it the unplugged gamers you may have heard of it before (laughs) um but we play dead zone because it's small model count, um, easy, easy enough rules. And, um, it's something to get, you know, my students have fun with, you know, they get to shoot people in the face and they're excited about that. Um, and it, I think Vanguard would be a good way into that too. It was a box set, get you a, a whole war band. You might not use all the models, but you can mix and match. And I mean, you got, you got to remember when you, especially, you know, unless, you know, if they're not your kids, but if you're just, you know, younger people i should say you know a lot of them they have to depend on mom and dad to buy them the models 
And it's easier for mom and dad to swallow dropping 40 bucks on a Vanguard warband than it is, hey, mommy, can you buy me this army set? Right, right. I mean, I don't know how many, you know, all of us, we have enough network, we have enough people to know. If I buy an army I don't like, I can trade it to somebody and get another army. You know, if I buy Abyssal Doors, I'm like, man, I hate these. I'm sure I can reach out through Facebook and find somebody who'd be like, hey, man, can you trade me for salamanders or something? You know, a lot of students, you know, a lot of students I've noticed, they might only be the one, two or three in that little group who, who have that. So it's easy to make smaller purchases. And if it's a bad choice, cool. No big deal. Um, my my youngest brother is 10 years younger than me. So he's 27. Um, he, he grew up with me doing this, you know, hobby. I used to be real big in the magic tournaments. I did Yu-Gi-Oh. You know, he's always seen me nerd out. So he, he recently got into it. Um, and again, I had enough models. I, I traded one of my buddies. I, I forget what we did. It was a lot of swapping, but essentially I got my brother an entire undead army. And he's having fun with that. He's finding out he doesn't really like undead. So that's why we're working on samurai so he can do elves. And um, that one is just, I don't know. I took him a big part. A big part of what sold him was actually last year's um, Sword of Kings tournament in Kentucky. I was like, hey, man, you want to you get off the farm for a little bit and uh, just, you know, come hang out? He's like, sure. Dude, he fell in love. He got to meet like Andrew Summers and Felix and all them. And he just, I mean, he had fun just watching the game. And that, that is not to be underestimated, the power of, of tournaments, which goes back to what we talked about with, you know, toys and models and all that stuff, you know? I mean, he, he loved the way they looked. He loved seeing the way people played. He loves just seeing how chilled out people were. And he didn't realize, I mean, like, there are so many people who, who had made the Masters team that are at the Sword of Kings tournament. Like, this was no, like, oh, hey, here's 10 country bumpkins. I forget, it was like 40 people there. And he's like, dude, he's like, they were all chill. I'm like, dude, that's, that's, that's how it is. That's the community. I mean, that, that right there is a testimonial just of how, how convincing our community is. Nobody pressured my brother to play. He had questions. They answered, you know, of course, my brother's not an idiot. He wasn't bugging him during the middle of the game, but you know, he'd ask him like, Hey man, I, why'd you do that? You know, I know one time he was, he sat with Felix for like 45 minutes and Felix just explained to him why like, you know, flanking's a big deal. I mean, just, just the community in general. That's what sold my brother on it. I had very little to do with it. I just got him an army, but that's my job as a big brother. Yeah, you know, I think that, like, I go back to, like, what first got me into the game, and it was, like, the models, and then, uh, you know, I had an older sibling that played, and, like, uh, I think it's, like, a, a really, uh, this sort of lockdown is an opportunity to really try to get people inspired, like, talking about the game. I know, like, in some ways, my hobby chat groups on messenger or on facebook are like blowing up right now right because people are talking about what they're working on and stuff like that so i think it, it does give us like an opportunity to sort of get people involved in the hobby who maybe wouldn't necessarily of their own devices have found their way to it oh yeah and my my biggest one i'm working on it right now actually is is my dad you know um you know we all have parents um, if you understand biology, then you understand we all have parents. But um, <laughs> my dad's a crusty old diesel mechanic, man. Like it, you know. If people who who don't know or do know me, I, you know, I was a I was a poor kid, and I wasn't one of those romantic. We, you know, we were we didn't realize we were poor. Nah, we knew we knew we was poor. There was there's no no two ways around it. But my dad is the reason I got into miniature gaming. One day he brought in Battle Masters, 
he's like, hey, man, you want to play this? I'm like, yeah, sure. Oh, I love that. Oh, my and God. So good. He taught, yeah. you know, taught me chess, you know, but, that, you know, that, technically it's miniature gaming, but it's not. You know, he taught me chess. He's always he's always big on history. You know, I know, you know, my bias is showing, but my dad's probably one of the smartest guys I know that's never been to college. You know, he's a crusty old diesel mechanic, but he's always reading. He'd give me books to read, and, he, and later on, he asked me, "Hey, what, you know, what'd you think about this?" At the time, I didn't know that he was teaching me reading comprehension, but you know, and it wouldn't it wouldn't be just like redfish, bluefish, two fish. You know, I mean, it'd be some complex stuff. Excuse me, but you know, he like I said, crusty old diesel mechanic. He worked like eight hours a week. You know, he he provided for us the best he could, um, but he always, you know, he he always encouraged me and my brothers. You know, we. We got a game. I remember me and my middle brother. He's got a Game Boy for Christmas. Um, that was a big deal, man. And and, came, and he, they also got us Pokemon. Uh, I got red. My brother got blue. Um, you know, he never discouraged our, our nerd stuff. So he come home with Battle Masters, and uh, we played it. And he played the evil side, and I played the good side. And I quickly realized we quickly realized <laughs> the game was not balanced. If you had a good streak with a cannon. <laughs> Who cares how powerful the ogre was? Uh, but later that night, like we played it, man. We played like the whole week, like constant. I was like, man, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play. Um, and then over the weekend, uh, it was like Monday, and I come out and I see on my dad's desk all the models, and he had paint. He always had those tester enamel paints, and uh, because he paint, you know, his his thing, his relaxation besides reading, he'd build model cars. And uh, he'd always grumble how inaccurate they were. He's a mechanic. And I'm like, oh, wow, the carburetor's actually on this side. And I'm like, Dad, I, so what? <laughs> but um, he never he never really got to nerd out. So now, um, where, you know, as people know, I'm doing the whole cancer thing. And uh, he comes over and on the weekend, he cuts my grass. Um, he says he does it because he's bored. I know why he does it. He just won't admit it. <laughs> so uh, usually I buy some tea. And uh, he comes in the garage. He's looking. He's like, "Man, you got a lot of models." I'm like, "Oh yeah, Dad." And I, I showed him this wooden box, and it was my dad's original D and D models. He didn't know I had them. He thought that Mom had thrown them away, but my my mom had given them to me. And they're old D and D miniatures my dad had had, like some old. Remember them old heavy pewter ones that had like the built in base. Awesome, awesome stuff, man. Yeah. So I showed it to him. I was like, "Dad, <clears throat> yeah, you're you're responsible like for all these models." And I and I just kind of walked him around and. And I showed him, I showed him my trophies I got and my sportsman stuff. He really liked the Blue City Brawl, not those guys' trophy with the jester hat. I showed him, like, my sports trophy from from Masters. <laughs> and then, like, and I showed him that my name was in the Mantic rulebook. Like, like I helped come up with an item. And, you know, he just, like, you know, I'm not saying he got choked up enough. I'm not, like, it wasn't that important. But, like, you can tell he was proud. And I was like, hey, man, you're responsible for this. And I showed him just where we're at in miniatures, man. I showed him I've got a couple D and D models that are just sitting around. One's like the demon, the demon lord. Another one's like a T Rex. And he's like, "Oh wow!" He's like, "Wow, man!" And I kind of tossed it to him. He's like, "Whoa, be careful!" I'm like, "Dude, it's like fifteen bucks. Who cares?" And he's like, fifteen dollars." I'm like, "Yeah, dad. Like in twenty years, miniature gaming has as just miniature making has upped its. I mean, you remember them old miniature? I, I don't know if y'all got into like Warhammer, like Rogue Trader, just." Remember the, the old teeny tiny Marines, even worse than the, the 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 ones we got now. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean it's just like the lack of detail. My dad was just so amazed by. It. I was like, hey man, my dad really likes Hellboy, so I was like, I got this board game. I have the Kickstarter Hellboy. I was like, here you go. I was like, if you want to paint, you want to. And and so he, I gave it to him, and he bust that thing out in like four days, three or four days. 
all the miniatures painted. I'm like, I didn't know he had paint because I was going to be like, here, man, I'll get you these. He had gone to Walmart and got that Apple Barrel Craft paint. I got to, I'm going to buy him some washes when I get paid. And um, so they're really helping with the shading. But even pre-shaded, they look amazing. I mean, this man's doing this with, with, with craft paint, like this thick, almost like chalk craft paint. And I'm over here struggle busting with like Citadel paint and stuff and Vallejo. And so now he come back over this weekend. I was like, hey, man, I've got these orcs I'm not doing anything with. He's like, yeah, I'll paint them up. It's cool. I get a message from my brother. He's been because my brother lives with him. Um, he's like, yeah, dad was asking all, all these Kings of War questions. So message my dad. I'm like, hey, man, you want to learn? So uh, pretty much as soon as all this clears up. We're probably going to go down to the local shop, and he wants to learn Kings of War, and he's re- he really likes the orcs. He's always like – and then he fancies that my dad always roots for the bad guys. That's that's him. So it's just – I don't know. It, it's cheesy. I know. I just – it's cool to me that my, my crusty old diesel mechanic dad finally gets to nerd out. He finally gets – he's in that stage in his life to where he can relax, where where I can help him you know, nerd out. And it's – I don't know, like – Apparently, my brother showed him Mastercrafted. So my dad was all excited. He's like, man, you got, like, subscribers and stuff. Did, are you, like, famous? Are you, like, a YouTuber? I'm like, not quite, Dad. I'm, like, a niche of a niche of a niche. Like, there's, like, I'm a minor internet celebrity at best. <laughs> my brother showed him the T-shirt that Kyle had made me for, for Christmas, the big deal Pizza Jesus shirt. Dad's like, you have, like, merchandise. And my dad's, like, losing his mind. And it's, it's, it's funny, man. It's just, it's cool that... I've got to do all this. I mean, I've got to know you guys. I'm on, I'm on like Kings of War premiere podcast right now. All because my dad brought home battle masters. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm going to be really sad when he goes to the tournament and gets a better paint score than me and kicks my ass in the standings, but I'll cross that bridge when I get to <laughs> Right now is very, very difficult to plan the future for tournaments, but do you, do you have something earmarked? Like, Hey, uh, maybe we could try to get to this. I was playing on Mountaineer. But that's been canceled, swapped out. I'm hoping if um, they have room at Vanguard, I'd love to take them to that because it's kind of newbie friendly. Um, but honestly, any heck, anything right now is is open. I'd love to take them down south. I'd love to take them down to you guys. You'd have a blast down there because you guys are completely chill. And that's another thing with the community because, and it was a big selling point for him because I explained to him because he. You know, he used to, to take us to Magic tournaments and Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments. And he even took me to my first couple 40K tournaments when I was like 17. <laughs> and he didn't trust me driving the city because I'm kind of dumb. <laughs> but it was all these snot-nosed punk kids, you know. And I tell him, hey, Dad, you should do a tournament. And he's like, ah. he's like, I'm, you know, I'm 60 years old. I'm like, dude, this, this is not. I was like, miniature wargaming is not like it used to be. It wasn't. It's not anymore where it's all these punk kids. And then these super old guys are over here playing Napoleonic. So I was like, dude, you go to Kings of War tournament, you're going to see dudes at like 16 year old all the way up to like 80 years old playing and nobody cares. And they're all having fun. Right. What do you think like when you're going to teach your dad, what point points wise do you think is like a good entry level practice game to where it's easy, but you still get a sense of how the game works? Well, probably the first two games, I'm going to do them just like a different little brother. First one's going to be 500 points, and that's just literally going to be here's how you move up the board. This is why flanking is important, blah, blah, blah. After that, 1,000 points is really good for you can get a flavor for the army and have a couple cool mechanics without overloading somebody. Uh, Mike Carter's got his 1,000-point armies he does, 
and um, he has a list on his web on his website, and they're they're actually really good, and that, and that's what he built them for, so you can get a taste of the army. It's not just okay, well here's spearmen, but they're goblins. Here's spearmen because they're human. Like the army kind of you know they're not they're not balanced at all. You know some army some lists are a little stronger than others, but they give you a sense of how the army plays. So that's what I'm going to shoot for. And what do you think, Rob? Are you kind of in line with that? I know you do a lot of demos and stuff. Is that is that kind of in line with what you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm not as concerned about, um, like, it, when I'm demoing the game, like, are the two armies balanced? I'm really more concerned about the army that the person's playing. Will it let them play in all phases of the game? Will they get a, like, is it an army that they can, that they will grasp the, the key concepts, at least understand, you know, Grasp is probably a strong word, but at least see the key concepts of Kings of War um, through just one game. Uh, so, and you know, and I also prefer to not do a bunch of boutique stuff, like a bunch of crazy builds. I like meat and potatoes. I don't know about you, Jesse, but I like infantry and cavalry and a few monsters. And let's mix it up because at the end of the day, there's nothing better than that that look of that person when you say, "Oh, you're in the rear," and that was 18 attacks. Times it by three. <laughs> and then they're like, what? I don't have that many dice. And you're like, well, I have another brick. And then they're just like trying to hold all the dice. And it's just, that's 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 when Kings of War is just like, oh my God, this is so much fun. Oh, yeah. And I'm lucky because I know, I know my dad. We've played easily in the thousands of chess games against each other. My dad's all about beating your head in with his queen and his two rooks. So orcs are going to be perfect for him. He's He's not a flashy dude. Just I'm gonna beat you to death, and you can't. I don't care how flashy you are, because it won't matter if you're dead. So yeah, he. I think he will have lots of fun with it. Plus, I can always just drop him off at Eric's for a while, and Eric can teach him the finer points of orcs, and then I can be sad and be like I'm five again, losing to my dad all over again. One thing I wanted to talk to you a little bit about because um you know I've been getting into Dead Zone. One of the the barriers for entry that I, that I think many people. Uh, it's obvious to many people is that Kings of War does require a ton of models and uh, dead zone. We were talking offline a little bit about this, but dead zone's a game where it's smaller scale. And I just, I don't know for me, it just scratches that sci-fi itch. Yeah. Well, Kings of War is, does have that problem. And I'm not a fan of Vanguard because it is just, it's got too much going on. Yes. There's it's low models and stuff, but, I, you look at the table and there's like 86 different counters. Dead zone, it's like, is he knocked down? Yeah, you just lay him down. Has he activated? Yup. Does he have a wound? Like, those are the three counters you've got. And one of them's not even counter. You literally just lay the model down. You know, it, it's simple. It's to the point. Or excuse me, there's another counter burning, but whatever. Kings of War, yeah, that, that is a hurdle. Because even a 500-point list is, is still, you know, still what, a regiment, a hero, another regiment, possibly another hero. You know, it's it's not exactly small. Yeah, you might be like 50 models, 60 models. Vanguard's just got so many rules going on. And I, I get it. Some people love that. You know, there's always that, that freaking chucklehead that wants to, you know, I, what I really like in Kings of Wars, they should have weather effects. And what about if the guys are wearing leather boots compared to the guys who are wearing cloth boots? If it's cold, the cloth, like, buddy, just, just push across tables. I think Vanguard is a good entry-level game only in that if it's 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 less models, but it's not a great entry game as far as the accessibility of the rules. I think Kings is a much easier game to play from a rule yeah. standpoint. But, yeah, Dead Zone, Dead Zone scratches that itch. Plus, it's I've never played a Dead Zone game where I'm like, oh, God, let this be over. Like, even when I'm getting... Even when I'm getting beat, it, at least it's quick. I'm like, well, that model died. Oh well, <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know, it it 
it's that perfect medium to me. I'm I'm a, I'm in agreement with you guys. From a Vanguard standpoint, we uh, our local store brought a bunch of it in and we've sold a bunch of it. Um, and we're going to, as soon as the madness subsides, we're going to try to get Vanguard going. And it's been interesting because like anecdotally, what I'm seeing is maybe some of the people that are more into the more crunchier games, I think Vanguard may be more up their speed. Whereas maybe Kings of War is, I'm, I'm air quoting here, but too simple, right? There's not enough crunch there. So it, I, it's almost like Vanguard and Kings of War are catering to two different type of gamers. Yeah, it's, and Vanguard, I mean, if you sit down with it, you can, you can, I don't want to say you build an unbeatable list, but like if you sit down, you're rewarded if you sit down and crunch all the numbers. Let's say that. You know, I, you played at a, what, a Depticon last year, Rob, in the tournament? My first time, yeah. But, you know, they, they put a chump in front of me, uh, Tyler Schultz, you know, I mean, guys playing ogres like a chump. Right. And that's the thing. There, there's some obvious balance issues there. And it's just, I don't know, like, I've, I want to. I want to like it because I want to support Mantic, but at the same time, I just I can't. There's no. I've read the rules. I've even played a couple games, and each time I'm just like, oh god, what, what are we? Are, turn one's not even done yet. Like, are you kidding me? Like we're dead zone. I'm like, wow, this is turn four, really? Okay, no. Dead zone is probably my. Uh, it's like it's like one of the few miniature games you can go. You know, let's play a game of Dead Zone. Bop, 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 you're playing, you're done. Uh, you know, setting it up, it, it, it goes quick. And it's just um, fast, fun, and furious. And it you don't feel bad. Like, if you make a, I don't say make a bad list. You make a list you don't like, uh, unlike Kings of War. Um, you know, if you're like, oh, God, now I have to paint up this regiment. You're like, okay, I'm going to drop this guy. I'm going to put another guy in. Like, it's literally one model you have to change if you want. Or add a model. You're like, so what? Like, you're not punished for, for picking the wrong choice. So, in Dead Zone, what... What factions do you play? I love GCPS. I, I, I love those guys. I play those, Forge Fathers, Enforcers, Veermen, I'm really liking. I'm painting, I have, I think, all the armies. I have Rebs. It's, it's literally sitting right here in front of me. I heard Rebs suck, though. Is that true? I'm not a fan of them, but uh, yeah, they're fun to shoot in the face. Uh, I don't have Nameless because I just I hate the Cthulhu bug thing. I'm just, you know, do not want. I, I don't like Plague. I'm just, I've never liked Zombies. I don't like you, Undead Squishy. Don't like. Uh, I have Star Saga, so I have technically have Maze and Labs. Those I could deal with, but yeah. yeah. My, fa- my favorite is GCPS. I just, it's one of those, I've always wanted an Imperial Guard Army in 40K, mm-hmm. and, um, and I never did, but I, just, I don't know. I just think they look cool. I like the Enforcers, even though they're kind of average and everything. It seems like everybody wants to start a Forge Father Army. But yeah, the GCPS, they're just regular dudes out there with their little with their little laser rifles trying to win it all. Plus, they get a lot of cool some of the cool toys that uh, enforcers get. You know, they get Striders, they get the giant robot. So I'm like, yeah, let's bring it. And Veerman, I'm having so much. I like painting them, and I can't wait to bust them out. They're um, they're Mr. Cornwell's army, as my students call it. Um, a couple kids have actually gone out that have been doing the Dead Zone Club with at school, and they and they bought the starter. And um, they'll stay at like some of them stay after school. I help them, I show them how to model, you know, how to put stuff together. Because a lot of them, you know, it's funny. Like all of us are so used to building models and stuff, you had to learn, right? So a lot of these kids, a lot, and, and there are actually a lot of tools to go into if you actually sit down and think about it. You know, you got the the razor, you know, the razor blade, the, the hobby knife. You've got the clippers. You got the glue. You know, sometimes green stuff. You know, all this. All this stuff, you actually ever sit down and look at your hobby bench, how many tools you have just for building models, you'd be surprised how much you've spent. It's funny you say that because I was building the G- GCPS starter that I that I got um, at my work computer, which I set up in my bedroom downstairs. And I'm like, oh, crap, I need some tools. 
And like over the course of a day, I kept having to come and run upstairs to the hobby bunker. And I'm like, oh, I need an exacto knife. I need a scraper. I need the poly cement. I need, it's like, yeah, to your point, it's like, damn, these are just plastic models. Wow. Hey, what criticism though, dude, we need to get some better bases, man. I, I, I don't like the hodgepodge of bases that Manta gives us. You know, you got the infantry bases, which is the 25s or whatever, with the with the the, the hole cut out for the integrated base. Uh, and then you've got like this mismatch of MDF. And I, they need to invest in some good bases for Dead Zone. It doesn't bother me much. I, was, I guess I've kind of got used to it, but I, I do see what you're saying. It is kind of jarring at first. Yeah, like the heavy weapons teams get MDF bases, but they only do is get plastic. I like the plastic bases because I, I personally love these Mantics um, bases with the insert because it obviously used the flat side on the bottom. That's that's a great spot to put a magnet. Yeah, I actually ended up just using Warlord Games lipped bases uh, for all my for all my uh, Dead Zone stuff because they come in 25, 40, 60. So it's like, okay, perfect. And not trying to excuse Mantic because I do agree with you, but for a lot of people, if you don't know, Etsy, E-T-S-Y, um, go in there, just type in MDF bases. I, I just I have a metric buttload of just 25 mil, 32 mil, 40, 40 mil of just MDF of those bases. Just I just dump them in big old jars I have. Yeah. It's like six bucks for like five million of them. When are we going to get Jeremy to play some Dead Zone with us? That's what I want to know. Well, I was going to Adepticon this year. I was all excited to to do it. Um, so it's on it's on my to do list. Okay, so for me, what do you guys think the, the 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 scary part about Dead Zone for me is not so much the putting together the strike team or getting the models. It's like the board. Can you talk a little bit about how does someone like enter into getting a board? together for dead zone what do you mean like the actual scenery yeah like the like you know because it's on a hex thing right so don't you have you have to i know so little about dead zone you have to have like a hex thing to place the train the squares are three by three here's the thing you can get the one from mantic they sell the mouse pad the starter set itself is a great deal it is enforcers and forge fathers though so if you don't want either one of those factions i don't know what to tell you but it comes with a lot of terrain uh, um it no longer comes with the the mouse pad mat comes with a paper mat but um mats by mars they do vinyl mats they're not the the mouse pad but they do the vinyl mats and they put they can put a three by three grid i bought a couple from them too and um they can do whatever pattern you want and that's actually pretty cheap it's some of the first models i ever bought were squats and exo arms for me the forge fathers like are like eight-year-old jeremy so i think i will do them if I if i was to do a strike team they would be who i would do forge fathers are very forgiving they have armor they also have armor-piercing weapons. Plus, everybody loves Phase Dwarfs. Plus, they have a lot of cool, like, robots. They have a lot of cool extra stuff. And uh, Bars terrain, really any city terrain will work. Heck, anything you throw on the board that, that because it uses true line of sight will work. If nothing else is to learn the game. I mean, talking about toys, you usually you, you, you literally use Legos. Build Legos to build, like, cool buildings and stuff. Yeah, man. Especially if you're playing a home or whatever. Yeah, no big deal. I actually have a bunch of terrain from a company called Mackie Games that had a Kickstarter a long time ago. And uh-huh. b- the Bizarro World was, it, it was before Dead Zone or right around the same time. But it's also a 3 by 3 cube format. So, like, I have this table full of terrain. I need to get a mat for it. So, cool. Adepticon last year, a guy made me a deal on three, three of the mat. So, Jesse, lots of new models coming down the pipe for Kings of War and Vanguard. Let's get your hot take. I love the Ogre stuff. I'm hoping there's the, what, Ogre Matriarch and the Ogre Paymaster. I, I want Ogres to get a buff bot for, if, 
if you're not sure what the terminology is, stole it from like EverQuest and and freaking uh, good lord, why can't I talk? Um, yeah, anyway, stole it from EverQuest. Buffbot essentially just somebody runs around and just get like beefs up your dudes, kind of like the what the the Ratkin Enforcer was last edition, where pretty much you took him for rally and you put an inspiring talisman on him. <clears throat> I'm hoping. You know, because ogres could use that a lot, especially in in Kings of War. Give us rally or give us a cool spell, because the the ogre warlocks kind of duke. You're like, oh boy, look, he's got drain life. He can't see over anybody. Well, bam, he just got shot. He's dead. But yeah, I'm loving loving new ogre stuff. I'm loving the new Siegebreaker stuff. I know they showed them on regular ogres. I want to use them on the uh, the Basilean Palace Guard. I think that'll look way cooler. Ooh, that's a neat idea. Neat idea. I haven't seen a whole lot of the rest of the stuff, but. Mantic's really up their game. I'm proud of them. You know, again, I, everybody's like, you're a fanboy. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, if it's not, I mean, if it's not good, I'm going to say it's not good. Um, but no, I'm, I'm loving their new ogre stuff. It, it makes me very excited. And the new goblin stuff looks cool too. What's your favorite model out of the ogres? <sighs> I love the berserker bully. <laughs> Cause you have three in your list. Maybe, uh, but I love the I love the fact. I mean, just just he looks crazy. He looks like he's just running right off and just about to go do something dumb. And that's to me, that's what a berserker. Is. If you're going to be head berserker, you're not going to be smart about it. I don't know about the boomer sergeant. I hope I've heard like there's different like ways you can mod him out. I guess because yeah, the cool like where he's got the gun reloading, but it's cool. But I don't know if I want like all three of my dudes to look like they're reloading their gun like. That's just poor firing practice to me. So do you, do you guys have any plans for uh, once this all ends for Mastercrafted? I know Kyle's really busy with all his Mantic stuff, but do you have anything uh, like on the docket post-quarantine um, protocol? Are you guys going to try to film some games? or what, what's, Do you have anything on the agenda for Mastercrafted? Well, we're definitely, we're definitely going to film some games. And, and got to understand, it's not, you know, Kyle, Kyle is far too nice. Um, a lot of the reason we haven't filmed is me because the whole health thing. I've had like three surgeries since Christmas, um, back on chemo. So that's terrible. But luckily for, you know, luckily for me, COVID-19 hit the planet. So, uh, I can't go anywhere anyway. Um, that sounds terrible, but whatever. It, it wouldn't be me if I didn't say terrible stuff, but yeah, we're definitely gonna get back. We want to film and it's, you know, it's fun. I, I have fun. I love the fact that people come to me and they're like, Hey man, I, I got into the game. Or I really, you know, I watched this one video you guys did and it was really awesome. I like that. I like knowing, you know, for, for as blunt as I am, I like knowing the fact that, that I bring people into the game. Because, I mean, that's that's how a game grows. That's how a game gets better. So, yeah, we're definitely, definitely doing that. I know we're both itching to do tournaments. You know, I know Kyle, Scra- Kyle Scratch is, is itch with uh, UB. Okay, so y'all y- want a hot take? Um, here you go, man. I am not a fan of Universal Battle. There, I said it. I'm with you. I I have not used it, and I just I'm I'm a guy that likes to play games in person. I just don't do video game stuff like that. So, I, and I'm not going to begrudge anybody that likes it. I just it's just not for me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That that's the best way to put it. I, I'm not going to hate on anybody who who likes it. Like I'm like, man, you're tarted. I just. I don't know what it is because I've used it. The interface is nice. I like the fact I can build my, you know, finger quotes. I, I can build my own models. I can make my army look how I want. I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, I just, I hate sitting there on the laptop and I'm playing an, a tabletop game. Like, I don't mind playing video games, 
I just lost most of my life playing Breath of the Wild on the Switch. But I'm just like, Bleh. and it's, you know, I, I see I see the the good of it. You can literally, you know, you can play 10 different lists and it takes you 10 seconds to reconfigure your army. It's not like you have to build models. I get that. I just, bleh. <laughs> you know, I prefer to play with blank bases with post-it notes telling me what the units are on, on a table at our local shop or on my kitchen table or wherever than, than Universal Battle. And I, I don't know why. I don't know if someone has hurt me on Universal Battle. I don't know if I was beaten as a child with a laptop. I, I don't know. I just, every time I play, I'm just like, and I know it's a me problem. I know I don't begrudge anyone for for liking it. So don't I don't need people up in arms like Jesse. You're, I hate you. Could you? I, it just ain't me. I'm just like nah. I don't know what it is. There's your hot scoop, man. I just I can't. I see the tournament and like and it excites me. I see tournament. I love tournaments. And that's something else. I, it, for everyone who listens, I apologize, especially to you, Jeremy. Um, for people who have grudged me and then I've been unable to 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 battle them. Because of my health issues. I promise I will make it up to everyone. Even if I have to hike out to California and, and hand out hugs and tugs just to hitchhike across the country. I... All right, boys and girls, this is Pizza Jesus signing out. Stay safe. Stay at home. Keep on countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com on Twitter at countercharge15 If you enjoy the show you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. It's all your fault, Jesse. That's uh, true. Amazing. Everything's fine. <laughs> Pardon? You shall not pause. I don't skip that rope. Something like get hot. Woman, where's my super suit? Why do you need to know? You got me. Yeah, well, get on this. <laughs>